Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. And we're back. This is the Petzinger Brothers podcast. Today is August 23rd, 2009. And this is James. This is John. This is David. This is Joseph. This is Ben. Guys, thanks for uh, joining the podcast again this week. With summer coming to a close, which it is uh, as far as school is concerned, school's starting up, uh, good time to think back on the past especially that part of our past where school was coming fast and we were wrapping up our summer jobs. So I thought that was a good time to talk about some of the summer jobs that we had, some of the things that we did over the summertime to earn a little spending money. Just a point of clarification, James. Yeah. I, we did a lot of work around the house, but we really never got paid. So we're, we're talking about jobs for other people. Is that correct? That's right. This is a, a summer job. It was something that you would do to get paid for so that you had spending money uh, not on our uh, not on our farm not on our property how many of you remember raspberries oh that's John, the first that, thing that came to my mind that is the first job I ever had that's the okay. first job I ever had okay that's what I thought and that's that was the first real job I think I had too the first job I ever had that I hated. <laughs> Joseph, you are off to a great start. <laughs> I, I don't. I remember that job being very hot, uh, and I remember eating more than eating more of those raspberries than I ever actually weighed in. And uh, the, the gastrointestinal pain. It was a very uneconomic work ethic that I started off, off with. It just didn't make much sense. Well, what time? What time would we show you up? Can't, you, you can't say you weren't warned, Ben. Oh, you guys warned me. Trust me, you oh, warned yeah. me. Yeah, I, I think, I think I just didn't listen. I couldn't help myself. I was so I I couldn't have been more than four or five years old. <laughs> Every day I would go and I would tell myself, I'm not going to eat any today. I can't do it to myself today. And sure enough, I would just overeat. I would just eat so many. And I, I don't know. I, I got used to it. I don't think it's very wise to put hungry boys in a raspberry patch. Well, I remember the baskets were the baskets were little tiny green plastic mesh baskets. And uh, I would take them up to be weighed. And I was just so disappointed at how little I picked and, and my stomach would just be turning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I realized, oh, that's where it went. <laughs> Does anybody remember what we got paid over there? I thought, I thought it was $3.50 per flat. Per flat. And how long did it take yeah. to pick the flat? Probably a couple hours. Yeah, it took a while. Uh, I think we had to get there right when the sun was coming up, so sometimes it was, what, five thirty, six o'clock? We'd want to be out there at least. Yeah, I remember we we would want to be out there well before the sun came up. Right. Because it's 
it would make the raspberries too soft and they'd be squishy and you couldn't you couldn't put them in the flats and they'd all you had to stop by noon a lot of time most time you had to stop by noon and early morning start was so cold everything's wet hated it what was up with the dogs you remember those two poodles oh yeah. those poodles were poodles Every day, the same thing. Every day, walking down that drive to pick raspberries, the poodles attack us every day. <laughs> Is that why none of us have a poodle? I hate poodles. I don't like poodles either. <laughs> and no offense to anybody out there who owns a poodle, but I never had a good experience with poodles. Maybe that just that experience feeds into it. That's yeah. a dog I could kick. <laughs> oh, famous oh. quotes. <laughs> in, in, in relation to where we lived, does anyone want to describe where that little raspberry patch was? Because it, it was close, actually pretty close to where we lived. We could walk it was, there. It, it was just off of Farmway in Ustick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we just saw Ustick about a quarter of a mile. There were a few times we did walk. We we'll ride our bikes. And I remember uh, that one bike, um, James, that I, I think... Either you or, or Dad had painted it gold. Yeah. Yeah, I painted it gold. Gold, yeah. Originally it was green. Going to that going to that job on that bike. Man. Yeah, that was I mean that was the first though. I think we all remember that for sure. Um, but uh, I mean really the probably the best summer job that I ever had was bucking hay. For that dairy farmer out there in Napa, and yeah, I know I did it. I know David, you were there. I know Ben, Joseph, you bought tea for the for them as well, right? One day, I think. One day? No, I bought tea for somebody. I can't remember. <laughs> and I, I spent I spent at least two to three years there, and John, I agree that was that was an incredibly tough. I think it was the fact that it was so tough. And so hot and miserable, but the work paid off. It was it was excellent work, good physical work, and the lunches. Oh man, that that, that was true farm living. They'd sit us all down to the kitchen table, and she would cook all morning. And it was like a seven quart. It, it rivaled any Thanksgiving dinner you'd ever have every single day. Yeah, it was every day. We'd eat, we'd go outside, lay down on the lawn, and uh, take a nap for about 15 minutes, and then get back to work. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the sake of anyone who doesn't know what bucking hay is or what it means to do that, go ahead and describe that. Well, they um, they baled hay into, back then, they didn't have the very the huge uh, rollers or the, uh, the large bales. They, they went to about 70 to 80 pound bales. And they had oat fields. I don't know if you guys remember putting up their oat fields. Those were 85 to 90 pound bales, and those were the three strings. Yeah. And uh, they ran harrow beds, which are pieces of equipment that drive through the fields. And after the, the hay is baled, the harrow bed has an automatic scoop, and it stacks them. And they, I think they ran two or three at a time. And they would drive them back to the yard, and once they dumped them in the yard, it was our job to stack those as fast as humanly possible before the next truck got there. Yeah, and it was it was all day. So buck and hay is basically you're stacking these bales of 
85, 90 pound hay into the into the storage area f- uh, for winter storage, correct? Right. Right. Correct. Yeah. These, these were big barns on a dairy farm, probably three, maybe four stories, I don't know, three stories high at least, and into the rafters. So, And they had to be stacked in a pattern, a very particular pattern, so that they would uh, stick together. Right. Yeah. All kind of mesh together. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't have, a, couldn't have a crooked stack. Right. Yeah. Corners and the sides were very important. I remember the... Uh, the owner of the farm, he was, he was old, very old by the time I had gotten around. He didn't even know my name. You know what my name was to this guy? No. Red's brother. <laughs> he, would, he would have come up and he was hard of hearing, and I don't want to scream into my microphone, but he would scream, How's Red doing? <laughs> he didn't care who I was. He just knew I was another pet singer. I was the last of the last of them. He just wanted to know how Red was doing. <laughs> And of course, red refers to David. Yeah, I think I think I worked there probably four years, huh. three years before I went to college, and I think the, the year after I came back from college. Huh. And uh, those were um, fun. I think fun. That was a fun job. Yeah, I missed out on that job. I don't think I ever bucked hay for that guy. No, but James, you and I picked corn. Oh okay. yeah. For. Uh, what were their names? The, I believe it was the Noise. The Noise family, yeah. Family. And they were right there off of Homedale Road. Yeah. We'd yep. go out, pick the corn by hand, no machines. We'd, we'd go down the down the rows and we'd take two rows each, you know. So left and right arm would be busy, you know, pulling the corn uh, right off the stock and throwing it in a trailer that would be running, uh, you know, adjacent to you. Um, that, was, that was hard hot, terrible work because you're, you know, you're sweating to death. The leaves are cutting you and your skin's constantly open and you're uh, burning up. But come back and, and then we bag it and put it in a freezer. Yeah. You know, and, and do that all day long. Fill the trailer, come back, bag them, throw them in the freezer. So the freezer was a nice break. But uh, that was one of the few jobs where I remember working with you on a regular basis, at least for that one summer. Yeah, I remember he um, he let me back the trailer up once, and I was supposed to back it up into the into the uh, uh, the sacking area. Yeah. Um, and you know, I missed. I just missed it by that much, <laughs> and I rammed that trailer right into the side of his building. And the look on his face, I'll never forget it. He was so angry. Yeah, I remember that. I was there. I remember that. She was so angry, and I felt so bad because I had been practicing uh, for a very long time, backing up a trailer and getting the angles right and all this. I looked at that, and I could not believe I had just hit the side of that building. I couldn't believe it. And it was it was like one inch. I had one inch over, and I would have been just fine. Yeah, that he didn't let me back up again after that. And I just felt so small, so small. <laughs> the first couple of days I was on that job, I was working with John Jeffs. And uh, John Jeffs was working right next to me. And, it, you know, I, I wanted to impress. I didn't, I, I was going full force, 100%, as fast as I could go. 
and we get back after filling up the trailer once and we're bagging the, the corn getting ready for the fridge and, and he kind of leans over at me and he's like dude you've got to slow down you're making, you look like crap <laughs> slow it down you're killing me man what are you doing you know? <laughs> He, he was serious. He was really mad. I mean, he was like tired, and he's like, "No, I can't do this all day. I have to go to your speed." You know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. John, I remember. I remember when you were doing that job, and you would come home at, at like eleven thirty at night. Yeah, we would work. There was a, that, that was John's. That was we were out there. For, that was just an alibi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was not an alibi. <laughs> I believe me. He kept us out there until there was no possible way for us to see anything anymore. I didn't mind though. I mean, it was right next door to uh, Ms. Taylor. I had a crush on her for years, so I, you know, wasn't that bad. <laughs> exactly. How does that benefit you? I, it just did. It's like. Her house was right there. It was, you know, I, I could see her house and I had this amazing, you know, this crush on her. And I'm out there the picking. possibility that she might pass by the window <laughs> and see you. Exactly. <laughs> picking corn. I don't know why that made sense in my head that it was worthwhile or something. Whatever. Oh, well, I look at that handsome young boy out there picking corn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, corn, you know, I hated corn. I did not like working in cornfields. The first uh, the first time I went out and topped corn. Did you guys ever top corn? Unfortunately, oh, yeah. yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The first time I went out and topped corn, I was, the only yeah. gring- I was the only gringo on the crew. Everybody else was from Mexico. No one there spoke any English. And they, the, the, uh, the foreman came out and basically said, look, you just pluck the top of the corn stalk off, pluck off the tassel, but don't top the bull row. So they've got these rows with the tassels that are supposed to stay so that they can cross-pollinate the corn and get some special hybrid corn. And those bull rows are very, very important because they pollinate all the rest of the corn that you have just removed the, the, uh, the, the top tassels from. So I am really trying to keep up with these folks, and believe me, they've got a whole lot more experience than I do. They know what they're doing, and they would just blaze through these rows of corn, and you get down to the end of the row, and you put your little flag down there so that you could, when they came by later on, they would pay you according to the number of rows that you had topped. And I would get down to the end of the row, and I'd be all happy, and I'd poke my flag down in there and look left and right. And I'd see, holy cow, it's like 20 flags out there, and mine, mine, oh, I am not making any money, and this is, this is, I'm losing money here. This is not good. This is horrible. So I put the jets on, and I think I'm doing really, really good. I get to the end of the row, and there's like four or five of them just standing there staring at me. <laughs> and one of them looks at me and says, Bull Row. <laughs> and they all walked off. And I look over, and sure enough, there's this big red, big red flag, big red pole. There's no way to miss it. I had said I had completely topped one of the bull rows, and uh, <laughs> later that 
you, you didn't do it with your teeth, did you? Do what with my teeth? Never mind. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you castrated the bull, James. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. The, you uh, know, that, that job, Joseph and I, we, we worked together for a farm out near Marsing or Homedale. Do you remember this, Joseph? Oh, yeah. This, the, this was the job where you and I would get into fights throwing tassels at each other. We got pretty good at it. Yeah, but, that's why I got fired. Yeah, that, that remains the only job uh, I ever got fired from. The, uh, That's the actually, that seat. was the first job I got fired from, too. Ah, you're in good company, David. Yeah. I mean, this lady saw Joseph and I throwing the tassels at each other, and she waited for us at the end of the row and she said, you're done, get out, you're fired. I think oh, we had more a, like a fit. She was having a fit. Yeah, she went eight was, crazy. Oh, yeah, she was totally mad, because she had warned me like five times to, to quit throwing tassels. So I did. I pulled the tassel out, threw it on the ground, and I threw the rest of the corn stalk. <laughs> no? Nice. And, and, okay, and when I got fired, someone else threw a tassel at me. Oh. And all I did was retaliate. That, that probably would have been I, me. I threw, a, I threw a leaf or something at him. It wasn't it. It had no tassel on it. It was a leaf. Completely harmless. Wasn't going to pollinate anything, but she had, she'd had enough. And I was, I was the best topper on that crew. I would fly through the roads. I didn't miss anything. I remember the farmer was driving us back to the, the house, and uh, he's just shaking his head. And what did you guys do that for? He's like, well, you're the boss. No, <laughs> she was definitely. For, but she, she was, was the boss. She was definitely the boss. And I, you know, they ran a lousy farm. I will say that because anybody that runs water the day before they th- they throw a bunch of farm labor in there to top and we're ankle deep in mud you know to heck with that that was that was stupid they did that to us all the time yeah and i i do john you were talking about how hot and itchy and how the corn would cut you the earlier in the year the better and then you get later on and you're just barely reaching the top of those tassels i mean just think of reaching over your head all day long pulling tassels and that hot, sticky corn all day long. I hated the, the fact that it all went down the back of my shirt and my back yeah. would itch. And eventually the, the, the everything would creep down my back and eventually would creep into my waistband and then down into my shorts. And it was just, uh, end of day, I just itched everywhere. Did not like that job. But it had to be done. Yeah. I, I still have no idea how much we got paid, but it, it was money. It was walking around money. It was clothing money for school. It was supplies. It was, I mean, we had to work. I don't think we had any other options. It was just something that we did. You go out and you find a job. Wage. Yeah, minimum yeah. wage was still like three thirty-five an hour. It was really yeah. low. Yeah. And the, the only job that paid better than that was the uh, bucking hay. The best job I ever had, the best summer job I ever had, was moving pipe. Oh, jeez. But you got paid by the pipe. Yeah, I got paid by the pipe. Yeah. James, I, I need to move water tomorrow morning about 6 a.m. <laughs> you you want to come on out and do that with me? <laughs> no, I'll pay, you, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you a dollar a day and all the hay you can eat, which is what Joel told me the first day I bucked hay with him. 
That was a rude awakening, by the way, because Dad hired me out to go stack hay for Joel, and I never got paid. And he said, take it up with your dad. And I guess Dad traded me out for some hay or something, and I was bitter. And <laughs> I swore after that oh, I was going to And, and uh, so I went back to Joel the next time, his next cutting. It was the second cutting of the year. And I said, Joel, I want to get paid this time. And that's when he told me that infamous infamous line, I'll pay you a dollar a day and all that hay you can eat. <laughs> Did you stay? Of course I did. I knew he was lying. It was just he was just rubbing it in. Yeah. He had a way. No, I loved I loved moving pipe because once I figured out you just do the math. There's a lot of pipe out in those fields. And you get a steady rhythm going, uh you can pull in a lot of dough in a day. And I remember this one guy, this was down um close to the Snake River. Um, he loved me. He was. He kept asking me to take on all these fields, and I just didn't have the time to do it. But he loved it because the pipes would always be in the right place and never had any real problems with putting out the pipes unless I would invite one of my friends to come out and help, and then everything would go wrong. Disaster. Disaster. They'd, they don't know how to link the pipes together right. There was all kinds of gunk in the pipes. I'm just, man, you know what? I'm not going to bring my friends out here anymore. They just keep screwing it up, and I get way behind schedule. No good. Didn't you guys move pipe for the, the guy that had that, that black Angus herd just down the, the irrigation canal from our house? Or did you guys go out there and water or feed his cows or anything? He's the guy that would walk out in the middle of his yeah, yeah. pasture barefoot, walking through the manure barefooted. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, I the first time I saw him do that, and he's knee deep in this in this muck. I'm it just I'm going grossed out. I'm like, goodness sake, how in the world can you stand to do that? And so I'm trying to go out and and put hay into this feeding trough. I've got on these rubber boots. No sooner do I get out there than these cows come come in, and they're just squeezing you and surrounding you. You get completely locked in, and when they step on your feet, that's it. You're never going to see that boot again. <laughs> I went in, I went in, <laughs> I went in with a pair of boots. I came out just as, just as mucked up as that guy, and I never went in with another pair of boots again. I just <laughs> rolled my pants up and barefooted in. I must have been cold. I don't know when it was, but uh, I was up there with you one day. I was watching. And you went in there with the boots on. I wanted them stayed in the ground. Your foot came right out. <laughs> I remember because the your sock was dangling. It was like longer than your foot. You had this look on your face like, what am I going to do? And he couldn't step anywhere. Uh, yeah, that was before I, I gave in to the, gave in to the who cares. <laughs> I mean, that guy, he was a good guy. And he, he, uh, he paid well too. All you needed to do was make sure his cattle got uh, fed and watered, and he paid a good price for taking care of his cattle because he lived in the city, and this was just his this was just his pasture land out in the country that he had his cattle on. So yeah, I remember uh, riding my bike past his big bulls that broke its back. Uh, it was the saddest thing I ever saw. Just this huge bulking bull. And its hindquarters was dragging on the ground, and the guy was shaking his head and had his gun out, and it was just sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to put it out of its misery. 
Was was there a school bus of kids stopped <laughs> on the street when he pulled the gun out? Oh. I, I swear, Napoleon Dynamite. They they had a camera on our lives growing up in some of those situations. <laughs> Actually, that that is the first place I saw a bull get slaughtered. Yeah, I was. Uh, were you with me, Joseph? Yep. I don't. I don't know if anyone was with me, but I, I was over there, and he was slaughtering one of those big. Uh, what what kind of cows? Angus. Yeah. yeah. Those were big cows, and and the, he, the 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 butcher. I don't know the guy that slaughtered the bull. He would shoot it, and those things just dropped like a ton of bricks. Just boom. And that was it. They were done. Yeah. And drag them up, put them on a hook, and yeah, yes. that was pretty. Uh... Like, of course, we were used. To, I was used to that. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really bother me. Yeah, that never phases. Well, it was one of the realities growing up in the farm. Uh, it was the kind of thing that you saw with regularity. This is where food comes from, and it's one of those things. I think that. Uh, uh, once in a while, I kind of look around me and go, you know, I doubt there are too many people around me who know where this hamburger actually comes from or have seen firsthand what goes into creating the food that they're eating. Uh, I think there's a lack of appreciation. I don't want to pontificate too much, but I think there's a la- lack of appreciation for where stuff comes from because we're so far removed from it. Well, that's not only, it's not only meat, James, but everything we've talked about. Dairies, you gotta you gotta have somebody out there growing crop, whether it's alfalfa hay, grass grass alfalfa mix, or or oats, and you gotta hire somebody to put it up in a barn so it's there all winter. And uh, there's just a whole lot that we were exposed to as kids um, at a young age that gave us the uh, you know the correct information of how difficult it is to bring things to market. Speaking of knowing where things come from, I actually worked at the armor plant in Nampa, where they, you know, it's an assembly line for cattle. Run, they drive them up the ramp, and there's a guy at the top of the ramp, right over the chute, who uses a, it's like a piston, it's like a piston gun. It's got a rod that's about two to three inches long that comes out, it's like a pneumatic pistol, just holds it to their head. And uh, boom, and then they just drop. They go through the chute and through the assembly line. Yeah, udders udders don't just provide milk. Mm. At the end of the line, uh, you're you're eating hot dogs. <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, thanks, David. That's another another ingredient to the hot dog that I had not considered before. Yeah. Snout setters. Yeah. <laughs> the best summer job I ever had was a lifeguard. Oh, oh yeah, you, you were a lifeguard. Out. Yeah, I was a lifeguard, and it was probably it was the best job on many levels for uh, eighteen-year-old. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget it, the training and uh, just spending the whole summer at a swimming pool watching people swim. And yelling at little kids is good time. <laughs> did you ever have to jump in and and uh, save any of those little kids? I did, and it's kind of a funny fate 
one of the few times that uh, my wife, Angie, you know, one of the few times she visited the pool, her boyfriend worked there at the time. Uh, I had to jump in after a kid and uh, saved his life. Wow. Kind of funny. Does she remember that? Yeah, she remembers it. Nice. Nice. So how much did you pay the kid later? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. We have to talk about the job we all did together. It wasn't necessarily a summer job. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. We were the the, uh, custodians of the health and welfare building right there. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how many memories are with that job? That was every every day, every week, every month, every year. How many years did we have that contract? I don't know. That's that was one of those one of those jobs where I look back on it and I say, I'm so glad that I had that experience. I really truly am because I learned one of the most important things I will ever learn, and that is. I am not going to do this kind of work ever in my life. Whatever I need to do to make it so that I don't have to do this kind of work on a regular basis, I will do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Just, you know, I appreciate that kind of work uh, because I know what goes into it. And... uh, it is not pleasant work at all. It really is. We, we did everything from taking the trash out. That was basic. We vacuumed, shampooed. We washed and waxed the floors. I think the part that got to me the most that I did not enjoy was cleaning the public restrooms. Yeah, those restrooms were it was uh, foul. Absolutely foul. I remember James cleaning the bathrooms, and I don't know who. I guess you were practicing for an argument, but you were arguing with somebody. And there was no one in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the uh, the worst, one of my worst memories actually was saving up all of this money and buying the top of the line Sony Walkman cassette player. I walk, you know, and that was the one thing that sort of saved me from that job was the ability to plug my head into music. And listen to the music while I am scrubbing somebody's else, somebody else's mess out of a toilet. And one day, I am leaning over this toilet, scrubbing it away, and it's like this slow-motion film clip. I can still see it right in front of me. The Walkman slowly cascading out of my shirt pocket, down, 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 kasploosh, into the toilet. Oh, my heart, I just, I was so distraught, completely ruined. Com- uh, just worst day, worst day ever on the job. Ruined that thing. Uh, never did get it. Never did get it working together, uh, working again. Uh, one of the memories I have is David. You, you were in the round building. I don't even. I, I never knew the difference between the two. The round building seemed to be more office space, managerial whatever, and you were changing a light, like a fixture. You were up on a ladder, and I was curious what you were doing. I think this must have been on a Saturday. And there were exposed wires hanging down, and you said, well, yeah, just grab that one and and then grab this other one at the same time. (laughs) You electrocuted me, David. (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> to this day, I still remember watching my arms convulse <laughs> and not knowing what's happening to me, but being welded to wires somehow. And and then you you kind of knocked me out of the way because I think you got freaked out at that point. And I just kind of sat in the corner and twitched for a while. Like, not only am I here on a Saturday cleaning garbage, I just got electrocuted and my brother's laughing at me. Oh wow, we can laugh about it, but that's that's almost not funny. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to mopping floors. Uh, I remember the one time, uh, I, and I'd never done this to Dad before, and hadn't I wasn't trying to. He was vacuuming, so he couldn't hear me come up behind him. And the whole time I'm walking up to him, I'm like, Dad. Dad, I'm trying to get his attention. He can't hear me, so I came up behind him and I tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> I, I had to that point never seen him, nor from that point forward had I ever seen him spaz out like that in my entire life. <laughs> oh, that would have been something he, to see. He jumped and his left arm went flying out. And his right arm, that vacuum cleaner came up into the air, and he turned around, and I'm like looking at him, and he's got this vacuum cleaner up in the air above his head. I'm like, whoa, it's just me. And he's like, you scared me. Sorry, I was I was calling your name, I swear. Uh, yeah. Joseph, that, that place that place was like, was freaky. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, gave it, me the creeps. Every time I walked into a room, I felt like someone was going to grab me before I turned the light on. That's because somebody it. did. Yeah. It's because we were constantly doing that to each other. <laughs> we were constantly doing that to each other. Joseph, <laughs> I remember that last office, and you know the one. I know you know this. Oh, the yeah. last office before the lobby, and there is no light. And it's a leap of faith because whoever the contractor was, he put the switch behind the door. And you had to step into pure blackness to get the light on. And I remember just almost peeing my pants. I was so excited to get you that day. And as you stepped in to grab the light, I grabbed your ankle. And uh, yeah, you, uh, you hit the ground. You hit the ground fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's the kind of it's the kind of experience where you think that is hilarious, and then you realize what's happened, and then you automatically feel remorse. Automatically, I felt terrible. Yeah, well, it's you can say you felt terrible, but that's just because it's a wash. <laughs> <laughs> the amount the amount of anticipation and oh, absolute gratification of just scaring somebody witless. That balances out with the guilt that you feel. We can do a whole pod on scaring each other <laughs> in this situation because we're firing and honking your horns and scaring your younger brother. You know? We can talk about that, too. Uh, you know what? Let's save that for another time. In fact, let's uh, let's call it an evening. Um 
there are so many more jobs that just came to mind. I'm thinking, wow, we're going to have to talk about this again. But uh, we've hit a we've hit a time wall, and uh, so for now, yeah. I want to say just one more thing, just on these jobs, because I've been thinking about the last week. Uh, these jobs have created a resume that doesn't ever need to be written. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm not saying that for any other reason than I am proud of every job I ever worked. Definitely. You, you, you have to be. They were so odd, so varied. And I think that goes for all of us. We did everything under the sun that we could. Yeah, literally. Under the sun. Yeah. Yep. It, uh, it was a varied work experience that we grew up with. No doubt about it. You're always working. Well, not working was not an option. Right. Yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, thanks again. I appreciate it. And uh, for now, I'm going to say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody.